Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. Today's message is about God's Word. Um, last week we uh, talked about being filled with the Spirit, and if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to that message yet, you can uh, check it out on the website. It's up there. That was a springboard for this series entitled All of Me, All of Me. And the whole notion of this series is that we want to give God every bit of who we are. And if we're going to be filled with the Spirit, He gives us His Spirit for purpose, that we can do and accomplish the things that He requires of us to do. And not only that, that we can reflect His glory, that we can look like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Show of hands real quick, participatory this morning. Show of hands real quick. How many people in the room are good at something? Good at something. Amen. Some of y'all just got low self-esteem. Look at y'all. <laughs> Keep your hands up if you're good at something. Keep your hands up if you're good at something. Okay. Okay. Ethan, what you good at? No, you're not. Don't play with me. <laughs> yeah. Ethan's good at basketball. Harrison, what you good at, Harrison? What's that? Tuba. Hey, hey. Ron's a tuba player. Y'all should, ha- y'all should come here and play the VeggieTale theme song one Sunday. <laughs> Who else is good at something in here? Who else is good at something? Dean, what you good at? Sales. Sell me on that. Amen. Darren, what are you good at? Customer service. Amen. You worked at Chick-fil-A, didn't you? I went over there last night, man. Chick-fil-A. They, boy, y'all better stop talking about Chick-fil-A. They my favorite. What about you, JoJo? Football. He said that with a deep voice, too. Football. Anybody else good at something? Everybody else, we just mediocre. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um... Don't raise your hand on this one, unless you just really want to. Um, How many of us are good at being like God? And the church said amen. How many of us are good at being like God? In other words, we're good at displaying godly character. We're good at walking and talking like Jesus would walk and talk if you were in our shoes. How many of us are good at that? All right. Now, when I say, are you good at basketball, um, well, Ethan is good. Ethan, and he could be one day, I'm not going to tell you short, but he's not LeBron James, right? <laughs> right? Like, you see, you go to Ethan's game, you're like, he's good. Oh, he, he has some handles. He plays point guard. I know that about him. But he's not LeBron James, right? LeBron James has more time spent with the basketball game, and he's probably put a whole lot more effort into it than Ethan, Right? I was a programmer. I wasn't a good programmer, right? I was a programmer because it, it helped me collect the check. I was there for CTC, collect the check, right? But I had guys who were programmers in my office. They were like ultimate programmers. Like, like they just, like they did puzzles in their head all day. That was just too much for me. I didn't want to do all that. I just wanted to write the code, get the code out, get my check, right? But because they spent time at doing it, and it was all they talked about, like, we would go out on uh, outings at work, and they'd be talking about code. I'm like, we, had, we, we eating. Why are you talking about code? But we know that culture tells us that if you want to get good at something, we got to put time into that thing, right? We got to give that thing our all, right? And as Christians, we all should want to be good at looking like Jesus. I'll give you some examples. I use this example all the time. When you're on 35 and the AC is out in your car, and the traffic just ain't moving, and that hot air is just sitting in your face, and, 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 and someone cuts in front of you, and, you know, this 
four or five cars right before the exit, and they cut right in front of you. Do you lose your religion? Right? Or when someone comes at you on the job, and they talk about what you've been doing, and you've been giving it your best, and you know you messed up, but still, at the same time, they can't talk to you that way. Do you hold your tongue? Because Christianity is not about just getting our ticket stamped and making our way to heaven. It's about becoming something. Becoming something. It's not just about gaining information or knowledge. It's about becoming something. And we live in a culture right now where we can portray ourselves as something that we're really not. How many social media influencers we have in the house? I'm one. Check me out on TikTok. I'm killing it. I got one TikTok. I'm killing it. Right? You ever see those people? Like, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, how to make a million dollars. And they have to say, like, and how to grow your Instagram following. And they got 200 subscribers. It's like, come on, bro. I could do that with just my family. Right? But we can portray ourselves as something. What, what they will say, we got to fake it till we make it. Right? But God is saying, no, 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 I want you to become like Jesus. Some of us didn't even know that. God wants you to be like Jesus. He wants you to be like Jesus. So here's another question, and this is a more poignant question, and don't raise your hand. How many of us even want to be like Jesus? Or do we just want the benefits that he provides to us? Do we want to just, I'll get out of hell free card. Do we just want to come out and hang out on Sundays and eat donuts and shake hands and make it feel like I feel like I check that box off and then I go home and do what I want to do when I want to do it? But God is saying, no, 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 no. I saved you so that you can become what you were created to become. So I'm going to go back in time a little bit. We were created to fellowship with God. We were created with no sin. And if you don't know what sin is, it just simply means missing the mark. We were able to follow God's, uh, God's instructions and God's direction until the slippery serpent slipped into the garden. And he persuaded man, he persuaded Adam to do what Adam wasn't supposed to do. And now because of that, we're all born sinners. But God had a plan. He sent his precious son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we can have relationship with him now. And the Bible says that it's God's will that we be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And so whether you know it or not, you have access to God and you have the ability to look like Jesus. Amen. Somebody say, but where do I start? Where do I start? Well, we're going to be talking about that in all of me. First and foremost, you got to give them all of you. And we're going to look at uh, what it looks like to have a life that's devoted to Jesus. And we're going to have some real talk today. Some of us have been Christians way too long to suck at it. Some of us have been Christians way too long to suck at it. Anybody remember when you first got saved? You went and got that big old Bible, put it under your arm. You had to let everybody know about your newfound relationship with Jesus. Then some of us a week later, some of us lasted a month. I'm dropping stuff. Two months, three months. But then... It's like, man, I don't know if I really want to do all the stuff that I'm reading in the Bible about doing because, like, Jesus is really cramping my style. Jesus is really 
hurting my feelings sometimes. And so we live in this place of tension where we say we want to be like Jesus, but we know deep down inside we're not like Jesus. And that tension is there intentionally. That tension is there intentionally. Because whatever you want to do in life that has any significance is going to come through challenge. And God learned, God teaches us, and he helps us learn, and he cultivates his character in us as we're challenged to do the things that God says, and then we're growing. And any, any people that work out, any people work out, you go to the gym, buff, buff people, I, I know you do, mijo. He raised his hand like this. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. And so we hit the gym, right? And the first time you hit the gym, what happened when you went home? You were so, not sore, so. I started this year. I told Ron one day at the elders, man, I said, man, I start this year, man, I was going to do, I'm going to do some push-ups every night, you know, so I can, you know, because, you know, you, you start feeling the muscles just go away, Stan. I don't know if you know about that because, Stan, you're in shape, but muscles start going away. And I don't know how to start slow. Ron said, how many did you do? I said, 100. <laughs> he said, 100. I said, yeah, I can't, well, I can't, I can't lift my arms. Can't lift my arms. But if I stick with it, right, over a year, I might get swole. I might be raising my hand like Miho. Right? But it starts with this thing called salvation. It starts with, if you want to be like Jesus, you have to be saved by Jesus. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and in your heart and indwell you. And that's what we talked about last week. And now we're going to springboard. Now that we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we can now have this outworking of what God wants to do in our lives or they get comes out. Oftentimes, we try to start from the outside in, right? We try to change our behaviors, and then we'll grow. But God has said, no, it has to start with a heart posture. It has to start on the inside. All right. Pretty cool deal, huh? Amen. It's pretty cool to think that God, I'm going to talk to the young folks in the room, he slid in your DMs. God, we talked about this last week, God initiated it, right? He swiped right. Is that right, right, is that right direction? Swipe right. I'll be on there messing up, swiping left and stuff. Don't put me on none of them apps. Or swipe up. I heard, I heard somebody say swipe up. That's a super swipe. That means I like, I like you. Some of the old folk in the room going, what are you talking about swiping? All right. God wrote you a letter, and he says, I like you. Do you like me? Check why or no. There you go. Hey, that's what God did. That's what God did. That's what God did. He initiated a relationship with you for the purpose that he can influence you, that he can show you his love, and that you can become who you were created to be. Our challenge is we're going through this life and we're trying to be something else. We're trying to be something that we weren't created to be. And I don't know what it is in your life that you're, cha- you're chasing or trying to do that is not what God would have for you, but we all stray. We all move away from God. We all move away from his best for us. And one of the p- most pivotal passages in the Bible for me, and somebody said, I'm glad he finally getting into the word, Romans chapter 12. Y'all know I read this all the time. This is one of the most pivotal chapters, I mean, verses in the Bible, or passages in the Bible for me. 
this is the uh, Apostle Paul, and he's talking to the church at Rome. And he says, I appeal to you, brothers. So he's talking to believers. I appeal to you, brothers. Uh, we don't really use that word appeal. I strongly urge you. I'm pleading with you. By the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He's saying, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Some of you might be saying, what is a living sacrifice? I know what a dead sacrifice is, and I don't want to be that. A living sacrifice is one that yields his entire being to God. He says, my life is yours. Where you say go, I'll go. How you say do it, I'll do it. I'm a living sacrifice. And we know time and time again, I say this, what's the problem with a living sacrifice? Y'all should be able to say it by now. What's the problem with a living sacrifice? It wants to crawl off the altar. It doesn't want to do what God wants it to do. But watch this. This is your spiritual act of worship. I know we think worship is just raising our hands and singing songs and chord charts, but no, worship is doing what God is calling you to do. Now, music is an expression of worship, but worship is you saying, I worship you because I do what you say do. Jesus said, if you love me, do what I say do. And what I'm telling you to do is best for you. Any parents in the room, you're trying to help your kids put the shoes on, they put it all on the wrong foot, Right? They're trying to tie the shoe. It's taking 15, 20 minutes to get out the house. Shoe. I'm just going to get you some Velcro straps. You're just taking all day long. And you as the parent, you know that what you're telling the child to do is best for the child, but the child is acting like a little brat right now. Look at me. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I hope your feet grow that way, just backwards. I tell you every time you're on the wrong foot. You just like putting on the wrong foot. That's what God is saying. He's not trying to harm us when he's trying to tell us what to do. He's trying to tell us what's best for us. You ever try to run with your shoe on the wrong foot? That's why kids trip and fall all the time. And that's why you're walking around tripping and falling in your Christian life because you got your shoes on the wrong foot. God is trying to teach us how to walk, and we're doing it the way we want to do it. My mama used to say, hard head, make us soft behind. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God is. Who wants to know what the will of God is? We say that. I want to know the will of God. I want to know the will of God. Well, guess what? Don't be conformed to the world, but transform your mind. Transform your mind. When you're trying to give God all of you, you have to say, listen, my thoughts aren't right. Anybody ever seen that movie, Life? What? Can't get right. Remember, can't get right in that movie, can't get right. Our ways can't get right. And we put God on trial against our thoughts. We put God on trial against the world system, the way that the world says things. I just saw something just recently. Oh, yeah, rabbit trail number one. I saw something just recently on uh, the Internet. Uh, these two guys, they're really popular on the Internet. They 
or deconstructing their faith, and they were coming saying why they grew up Christians, were missionaries, and all this thing, and now they're no longer believers because of the way that God handles things. But what they were saying was God handles things not the way that the world is handling things. God is handling things the way that God wants to handle these, and so therefore, I don't believe in God no more. And how many people have heard those arguments? Well, if God is real, how come he allowed this to happen? Because he's God. Your challenge is you trying to be God. And so you're trying to bend his will to your will and his ways to your ways, and God is not going to change. Some of us might even say, well, that book was written thousands of years ago. Surely it can't apply today. If God is God, God doesn't have to change. You have to understand some things about God. If God is perfect, he cannot be made any better. You can't improve upon God. And so what God said 2,000 years ago still applies today. It's about a renewal of your mind. Align your thoughts with my thoughts. And it says that by testing you may discern what the will of God is. He says, God is saying, don't just take my word for it. Test it. Test it. Bump your head. Run out there with your shoes on the wrong foot. See what happened to you. Godfather like our father. Go ahead. Emery's always say, they're going to fall. They won't do it twice. He said, test it. Try me. See that I'm good. The challenge is we're too afraid to try God. We don't want to move out of our comfort zones. We don't want to do the things that God is calling us to do because we're afraid. And God is saying, no, test me. Try me. He says, it will, you will find out what is good and acceptable and perfect. Can't be approved upon. Can't be approved upon. I love it. Don't be conformed by the world. The world is so enticing. There's so much out there, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And God's not even trying to take none of it away from us. You want to have sex? Have it in the confines of the way that God said have it. Oh. That's a novel idea. Right? Some, some of us are teetotalers in the room. That's fine. But God never said you can't drink. He said don't drink to the point that you sloshy. Don't drink to the point of drunkenness. He says, I've given it all to you. He said wine is to be make you merry. Right? But don't be sitting up here buzzing. Oh. Hey. You ever seen a mean drunk? They happy for one second. And then they take that one drink and they just turn on you. You never loved me. Hey, what? What? <laughs> you had one too many, didn't you? You went from happy to wanting to fight. I would have said. It's, the Bible says strong drink is for brawlers. You get drunk, you just liquid courage. Come on, I take on the whole bar. Look, come on home, Jimmy. Jimmy, let's go. You can't even fight when you're sober. Let's go. Chasing money and material possessions. That's what the world is telling us we need to do. 
Surely God wouldn't want you to be poor. That's where the prosperity gospel came from. God wants you to be happy. Where say that in the Bible? And we put these expectations on God, which are our expectations, and we try to say, God, you need to think like me. God, you need to come over here to my school of thought. And so we gravitate towards culture. And we say, God can't be real because God didn't do this for me. I've been praying and praying and praying, and I feel like God is not hearing my prayers. He hear you. He just don't care about your little stanky prayers because they ain't lining up with his will. <laughs> you being selfish. And God's like, I heard you. I'm not deaf. I'm not slack. I'm not, I, I'm not impotent. I have the ability to answer your prayer anytime I want to answer your prayer. I don't want to answer your prayer. We don't like to hear that. God, you're supposed to be a genie in the bottle. Like Will Smith in that new movie, I, I rub the lamp, and you come on out. Give me three wishes, God. Conforming to the world happens when external focus changes us. Transformation happens from within. So where do we start the process? Again, salvation begins with the work within. It's up to us to make it work outwardly through spiritual disciplines. Oh, I just said a bad word in the church. Because the first thing some of y'all thought when I said spiritual disciplines, you say, oh, he shouldn't talk about being legalistic. And that's how the enemy catches you. I'm not talking about being legalistic. I'm not talking about earning no brownie points with God. I'm not talking about doing stuff. I'm talking about becoming. And to become you have to do. If I want to become swole, I have to do some more push-ups, D. Give me a couple of weeks so I can, I can I get these. I did too much. Do too much too fast. Right? Some of us, if we want to shrink a little bit, I'm not going to, hey, if we want to shrink a little bit, we got to do some stuff different than what we've been doing. If we want to get healthy, we got to do some stuff different than we've been doing. You don't sit there and, and man, I'm going to get healthy this year and just sit on the couch eating donuts. But we do that with our faith. We absolutely do that with our faith. Man, I'm going to make a comeback, Stanley, man, these knees. I'm NBA, here I come. I'm going to sit up there with you and play 2K. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to get the strategies. You'd be like, go sit down somewhere. Right? Well, I want to be like Christ. I want to be a Christian. I want to, I want, and that's why I asked the question, do you really want to? Because if you really wanted to, you would do the things that it takes to get there. God is not going to force godliness on you. Watch this. 1 Timothy 4.7. I love this scripture. I love this scripture. This is Timothy talking about the way that stuff happens sometimes. And people start saying how religion is supposed to work. Timothy says, I mean, Paul says to Timothy, sorry, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. I'm here this morning to be a myth buster. A lot of our Christian faith, a lot of the doctrine that we have is based on myths. It's based on what Big Mama them used to say. It's based on what our favorite podcaster says. It's, it's based on, on if you love Jesus, send this to 15 people. It's based on myths. And it's not based on the Word of God. Timothy says, rather, train yourself in godliness. Did everybody catch that? It's up to you to train yourself to be godly. 
God never says he's going to do the takeover and just do stuff for you. Train yourself. That word actually infers like exercise, spiritual exercise. Spiritual exercise. Some of us in the room were spiritually anorexic. We do not have enough daily intake in spiritual disciplines. And spiritually, we run around here looking like skeletons. We ain't got no, I can't do nothing because I ain't got no muscles. I can't do nothing because I don't have the ability to do it. Some of us in the room are spiritually bulimic. I gorge on the word when I come to church and I I do my little Bible studies in the morning, but when I get in the car, I go, I regurgitate everything that was supposed to build me up. I spew it out. And the people who get in my way, they know I spew it out. <laughs> we walking around vomiting on people all day. And then, didn't you say you was a Christian? Didn't you say you love Jesus? I was on the email train. I got it. It said, if you love Jesus, send it to 44 people. I was number 46. You are over-exuberant. So how do we discipline ourselves in godliness? Next three weeks and today we're going to be talking about some very specific things that we can do to, to exercise our faith, grow spiritually, grow spiritually. So I said it starts with the word, right? I said the goal is godliness, right? I said we have to discipline ourselves, right? Let me say this before I keep moving. Spiritual discipline is not the motivation. Faith is not the motivation. God is. See, sometimes we try to put our faith in the ability to have faith, and faith becomes the object of our faith, and faith should be in God. That make sense? We place our faith in Him, not in our ability to have faith. We place our faith in God, not in our abilities to exercise these spiritual disciplines. Like I said, you get no brownie points for doing these, but you got to do these things in order to grow. It's just the way that it is. It's not activity that we're after. It's Jesus that we're after. And so the rest of the day, what we're going to, for the rest of the day, what we're going to talk about is this activity. It's called Bible intake. You want to be like God, you got to start with the Word. Reading the Word is where you get spiritually fed. You won't be spiritually healthy unless you read the Bible. Jesus affirms this in Matthew 4, 4. I don't have it up there, Ryan. He says, man shall not live off of bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live off of bread alone. And we know some of us, we can live off some bread, can't we? We actually foodies. We go to the restaurant. We got to take four pictures of our food before we eat our food and show everybody where we eating it. Think about this. Would you ever be able to live in the physical if you only ate food like you're doing the spiritual when you only read your word? Could you live off eating once a week? Well, you could, 
wouldn't be a very happy life. Right? You show eat three times a day. When your body starts grumbling, you eat. And some of us even make excuses. Man, I'm just, man, I'm sorry I'm being mean. I'm just hungry. God wants us to have spiritual yearnings like you have hunger pains. I need to be like God. I need to be like God. And so I have to eat. I keep using parents as an analogy. What you tell your kids? Listen, eat all that food so you can grow big and strong. I'm going to grow big and strong. Yeah. Okay, one more bite. No, all of it. It's not that you are mean to the child, but you know that that child needs that sustenance in order to do what the child needs to do. Likewise, God knows that you need his word in order to do what you need to do. The challenge is some of us believe that the word is irrelevant. It doesn't apply to my life. It doesn't mean nothing to me. But as we read, God reveals great things to us as we read his word. Watch this. Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16, I believe it is. He's like, he's jumping around a lot. Well, we're talking about the word, right? All right. All scripture is breathed out by God. How much of the scripture? All. That means even the he begotteth him. I can't even pronounce half the names. But it's all God's word. We should want to listen to God's Word. Why should we want to listen to God's Word? Because it's God's Word. All Scripture is breathed out by God. Watch this. And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for what? Training in righteousness. You want to be right, you got to train to be right. It just don't happen. You just weren't born right. I told you, you can't get right. So we have to train for right. That means we have to get in the Word, and when you're getting in the Word, you're training. That's why it's so uncomfortable. I wish I, I, wish I could lie to y'all, but I can't. I want to come in here and tell y'all, everybody get in the Cadillac, raise your hand, let me pray for you five times, put some money in the bucket, and we can go home. But I can't. It's such a challenge for you to go and do these spiritual disciplines. Why? Because it's training. I know very few people who love going to the gym. And the people that I know that love going to the gym, they've been going to the gym for years. It's like it's a part of who they are. Like they wake up like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Man, ain't nobody up that time of morning except Jesus. And going and working out, got their powder shakes, and they, like they're disciplined. And we say we love Jesus, and we can't even read 15 minutes a day. We can't even read 15 minutes a day. Watch these statistics. I'm going to use some t- t- statistics. <laughs> Did you know that only 18%, that's less than 2 out of 10, if I were to divide this room up, that's less than two if, by row. Less than two people on each row read their Bibles daily. Mm-hmm. Worse, 23% read 
That's almost one in four professing Christians. Watch this. 23% of professing Christians say they never read their Bible. Never read it. Never read their Bible. How can you go into God and you're not reading your Bible? How can you know what you're supposed to be doing if you ain't reading what you're supposed to be doing? Some of y'all be trying to treat God like Ikea furniture. I don't understand these instructions. Just put it together. Just put it together. Let's put it together. Send your kid outside with that bike that you didn't read the instructions on. He come back in the seat. Here, let me tighten it. If you fall off again, just come on back. Anybody like that? Don't read the instructions. Just figure it out. You ever do that and you have an appliance that you've had for like six years? And then somebody show you something you can do on it. You're like, I didn't know they can do that. It was on page two of the instructions. On page two. And so we have to have a daily intake of his word. Here's a fact. If we were to spend the same amount of time as we spend scrolling, reading, we could have the Bible read in a month. The entire Bible, cover to cover. Because the average person spends at least two hours a day scrolling. Not probably not consecutively, but you know you be scrolling. I'm not saying that we shouldn't scroll, but I'm saying don't scroll and not read the Bible. Don't scroll and not get in tune to what God is speaking to you because it's all God breathed, it's all profitable for your life, it's all good for your training. There's stuff in the Bible, some of us, we, we, we don't even know it's in there. And there's stuff that ain't in there, some of us think is in there. I had a minister tell me one time, you know it's saying in the Bible, cleanliness is next to godliness. I said, no, that's your big mama said that. It's not in the Bible. And so we have to read for growth. And so I wouldn't recommend that you read the whole Bible in a month. Well, if you want to, go ahead. But I, we want to read for growth. We want to read so that we can put it into us. But watch this. I'm going to challenge everybody in the room today. I want you to read your Bible for 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day, starting a day. You know what happened by this time next year? You would have read through the entire Bible. Because 15 minutes a day, is so, so, sometimes you read about 15 minutes is all you can take. You'd be like, oh, Lord Jesus, I got to work. Oh, Lord Jesus, I got to work. The Bible says that, uh, the Bible says of itself that it's like a mirror. And we gaze into the mirror and it shows us where we don't look right. And then we close it and we quickly walk away and forget what the Bible said we look like. Some of us don't like looking in the mirror. My wife makes fun of me because every time I walk by a mirror, I look at myself. <laughs> That's a good looking man right there, boy. She lucky to have found me. But as we gaze into the Bible, what we see is we see where we don't look like Jesus. Dang it. Man, I got to change this. I got to do something about this. I can't just ignore this. I'm walking around with this stuff on me. You ever been with your friends and they get mad? They be like, why you didn't tell me I had something in my teeth? 
you know, thought you saved it for later. Right? Why you tell me I had a boogie in my nose? It's the same thing with us in Christian community. We should read the Bible in community so that we can say to one another, hey, bro, the way you're acting right now, you got a big booger in your nose. You need to get that. But then we get mad. You, how you going to tell me you, I got a booger in my nose and you got toothpaste hanging on the side of your mouth? <laughs> nah, hey, bro, just go right with the booger in your nose. Because we don't care. Because the world doesn't care that we don't look like Jesus. And we, cons- we consistently want to conform to the world. What shape is water? The shape you give it. So when I pour this water into this bottle, it conforms into the shape of this bottle. If I would take some of this water and pour it into this cap, it conforms into the shape of this cap. I'm thirsty right now. It conforms into the shape of my belly. <laughs> right? Water conforms. We don't want to be like water just conforming to whatever environment we're in. Whatever surroundings we're in. Whatever things we're going through, we become like that space so that we can fit in with that space. Some of us in the room, we claim Christians, but we get around our friends that are not Christians, and there's a room full of our friends that are not Christians, we start acting like our friends. Some of us, if we read the Bible, we wouldn't be doing some of the things that we do or going to some of the places that we go because we know the Bible calls us to be like Christ. Well, Jesus hung out with sinners, but Jesus wasn't sinning when he was hanging out with sinners. So are you going to go into those sinful circles and share the love of Jesus? Or are you going to go there and you're just going to turn up like everybody else? Everybody else was doing it. How did, parents, how does that, how, how that sit with you when your kids say stuff like that? Look, mom was like, you bet not. You got to come home with me. That's what God is saying. No, you belong to me. And some of the challenges and the struggles and the strain that we're going in our lives is because we're living double-minded. We're living between two worlds. I'm, gonna keep, I'm, I'm just going to move from that. I, I, that wasn't in my notes, but I had to stop there for a second, okay? I'm going to pass it for a second. So how do we get the Scripture down deep inside of us? We know that it's God-breathed. We know it's profitable training. Here's the next thing you need to do when you start uh, uh, examining the Word is you have to, you have to begin to memorize Scripture, that it just sits on your mind. You can memorize songs, and some of these songs we shouldn't be memorizing. You know, I was listening to, I was listening to a song the other day. I was listening to it as a kid. I was like, hey, I was going to tell my kids about it. I was like, hey, I listened to the lyrics. I was like, oh. I was five years old jamming to this. I'm like, baby, I want to lay you down and all that stuff. What five years old listening to that for? That's not what it said. I don't remember the song. But it wasn't right. My kids will tell you right now, it'll be a song in the rain. I'm like, what is this? It's, what is this? It's on the radio. It's supposed to be a radio edit on the radio. 
don't know. But that stuff get in our head. Right? You be at work all day. You be singing it. Red, red wine. You, right? It get in your head. Can't get it out. It gets in there. But as you begin to memorize Scripture, you have Scripture to call up when things are getting challenging in your life. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not one of those pastors who say, don't listen to stuff, don't do stuff, don't listen. Do what you want to do. You've grown. Do what you want to do. You've grown. The Bible says all things are permissible, but all things are beneficial. Right? I can go out right now, over to that little liquor store right there, get me a 40, come back up in here and sit in my office and get swaggly swag. I could do it. Can't nobody stop me. Try and stop me. Get between me and my liquor. But it wouldn't be beneficial to me. It wouldn't help my walk. Right? I could do all kinds of things I want. I can, but that might hurt me though. But I can say, I can go out, I can, I can just start messing with, my wife might kill me. But I can go and do that if I want to. But there's consequences to what I do. And God says it. I told her to hide the key to the gun safe. I don't know where it is. do whatever, like, 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 do it. The Bible even says, young folk, go out there and have a great time. I'm paraphrasing. Do what you want to do. But know there comes a day of reckoning. Bust the world wide open. Do what you want to do. Go ahead. I'm not going to judge you for it. Pastor, say, say, pastor ain't going to judge me for it. Say it. Jenny, what y'all scared to say it? Pastor ain't going to judge me for it. Thank you. They're like, I ain't going to do it. I ain't saying nothing. I know that's a trick question right there. I'm not going to judge you for it. As a matter of fact, I'll hang out with you. i hang out with sinners. Because I was a chief sinner. What Paul said, Jesus hung out with sinners. But I don't do what sinners do when I hang out with sinners. I don't conform my thoughts to their thoughts. I have a discussion and have a conversation. Sometimes I don't want to jump into that discussion and conversation because I know it's not beneficial at the time, but I'm not going to start thinking like that person thinks. I don't know if y'all ever noticed, I'll be having a conversation with people, I'll be nodding, and I'll just stop nodding. Mm. I'm not going to co-sign that one, bro. So we got to start remembering Scripture. The Bible says meditate on it, thinking about it daily. When you read, take a key verse out of there and just think about that verse that day. That's how you grow. If not, you just get, you're just taking a whole lot in, and you're not doing nothing with it, and guess what you become? We talked about being anemic. We talked about being bulimic. Bulim- I don't know how to say it. And then you just get fat. You ain't doing nothing with it. You ever see somebody can quote Scripture all day long but can't live Scripture for a minute? Somebody, mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at the person next to you, Sister Jones. <laughs> all she do is talk about the Lord and start gossiping. No, I'm playing. So meditate on it. The Bible says in Joshua 1, he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it both day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. You want to walk with God? Meditate on this word. That word literally means to chew on it. Chew on his word.
So we read the word. We meditate on the word. Watch this. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of the Lord and keep it. Some of us hear the word and don't do the word. Bible says we shouldn't be just hearers of the word. We should be doers of the word. We should have the intention of doing what God has told us to do. So we need to have a different relationship with the word of God than we've currently been having. Do the word. Do the word. Remember when you was growing up in the schoolyard, folks would always act, act like they, I'm going to slap you. You say, do it. <laughs> Don't just talk about it, be about it. That's what we used to say. Don't talk about it, be about it. I'm the last one you slap. <laughs> you ever had them people that just talk and everybody knew they just talked? They're like, we ain't doing no mission. I think that's what a lot of us as Christians, we just walk around talking about what we're going to do. We, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do. It's like, we, sit down. What people don't even listen to you no more. You're doing too much talking and not enough walking. Oh, that rhymes. <laughs> me, me a little, I'm going to put a love for my name. And then become a rapper. <laughs> L- little pastor. <laughs> yeah! Lavester, give me a beat. Give me a beat. <laughs> Y'all gonna hate when I get three more subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't subscribed, Sean Weekly. <laughs> Obedience. Don't just hear the word to hear the word. Hear the word to do the word. Approach the word to saying, God, what are you speaking to me today so I might do what is found in your marvelous word? His word, like, so we don't really get this nowadays, but the Bible talks about his word being sweeter than a honeycomb. Like, that's what they had back then, like honey. Not like the cereal, but like, a hun- like honey, right? Some of y'all be like, Lord, your word is sweet like Laffy Taffy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Skittles, taste the rainbow. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Starburst is mine. Word, your word, like Starburst. And cherry ones, ooh-wee. We don't approach this word like that. We ain't like it's, God, your word's like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Look at <laughs> Caramelize them a little bit. Mmm, mmm. Mm, told you we foodies around here. <laughs> I'm sorry, asparagus then, asparagus. Make a peace stink. I didn't know that. That's all I know. <laughs> but do it to obey. Do it to obey. Okay, I'm being silly now. Let me get back to the word. <laughs> Listen. Some of us say, well, you know, I'm just so busy. I ain't got time for the word. I, 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 listen, technology is bad in some ways, but it's awesome in others. If you got a smartphone, and who got a flip phone in here? If you got a flip phone, we're going to get a donation to get you a regular phone. <laughs> Except for Trevor. <laughs> you just stuck. You read the regular Bible. <laughs> you can go on to the YouVersion app. They got so many different translations. You ain't got to listen to King James. King James might, yeah, you might, hey, 
You can do the New Living Translation. It's more contemporary. You can put it on. You can hit play. You can get in your car, put it in your ox cord or your Bluetooth, and you can listen. listen you can ride listen to the Word. It's hard to cut somebody out in traffic when you listen to the Word of God. I started doing that back in the day when I was a, a new Christian. It's back when we had those CD cases. They were like big as that speaker over there. It was a big CD case. They had like 700,000 CDs in there. You'd be like, where's Corinthians? And you pop that disc in there and you riding. I kid you not. I was knowing stuff about the Word because I had an hour commute. I was knowing stuff about the Word. I didn't even know where I heard it from. I said, man, it's in the Bible somewhere. I don't, I don't know, chapter 12. It's somewhere in there because I was listening to it. We were about this part in my drive, so it was about 30 minutes into it. I'm, I'm going to find it for you. It gets in you, just like them songs get in you. Wouldn't that be awesome if you at work and you just quoting scripture instead of singing red, red, rhyme? <laughs> Look at front row on my moves. I know y'all want my moves. <laughs> It'll be awesome, though, quoting the word of God over the situation that you're in. Quoting the promises of God over the situation that you're in. What it does, it exercises your faith and you're saying, God, I trust your word. I'm going to obey your word. And as you speak the word of God, situations begin to change. And even if that thing don't move the way you want it to move, you get to a place where you're okay with the thing because you know that God is sovereign and God is in it. We need to walk around like we know that God is God. That almost made me get my Baptist preacher on y'all this morning. <laughs> Go to a church that preaches the Bible. Stop going to these. And listen, get off of social media. It's going to make me sound like I'm a hater. I'm not a hater. Yes, I am. My kids always say I'm a hater. But these preachers that make you think that Christianity is just, just a walk in a park. And God is a genie. Stop forwarding that mess. You having a rough day? Oh, this just spoke to me today. God is not going to give you a brand new Cadillac. He's with you in the midst of the fire. He's with you in the midst of the trial. We're trying to get out of the trial prematurely. God said, I'm trying to burn some stuff off of you in the fire. You want to be like Jesus? It ain't going to be easy. If I said I want to be like LeBron, you say, you got a lot of work to do, Pastor. First, you got to grow like 19 inches. You got a lot of work to do. If, if I got a lot of work to do to be like LeBron, how much work do you think I need to do to get like Jesus? What do you think it's going to cost me? The Bible says it's going to cost me my life. Places I used to go, I might not be able to go no more. Things I used to do, I might not be able to do. Phrases I used to use, I might not be able to use no more because I'm trying to be like Jesus. And we're so busy nursing ourselves to say, well, poor me. Poor me. Surely God understands. He understands. But that don't mean he's okay with it. He still wants you to grow. He's still going to love you. He's still going to nurture you in the situation. But listen, he's not going to let you into out of time out. Ask my kids, Emery, five minutes in there. Come on, come on out. You learn. They ain't learned no lesson. When can they come out? Tomorrow. 
if they learn their lesson. I got all week. They homeschooled. They ain't got nowhere to go. God ain't going to just pass you along because the prison is overcrowded. We can't put criminals in there no more. No, you're going to sit down somewhere until God is through with you because you belong to him. Or we say we belong to him. I know it's hard, but it's going to be good for us, y'all. I promise you. I promise you. Any personal trainers in the room? Y'all mean anyway. I want to talk to y'all no way. <laughs> but y'all make people better, though. So I guess I'm like a personal trainer, huh? <laughs> All right, I'm being silly. I'm running out of time. Okay, watch this. 2 Timothy 3.17. I know Ryan's having to jump all around. I'm sorry, Ryan. The Word of God is central in your training. The man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The reason God is so hard on us, listen, I want you to hear this. The reason God is so hard on us, not hard like harsh, because God's not a harsh God, but he's hard on us that he doesn't let us out of time out prematurely. The reason that he's like that is because he's equipping us for every good work. Has anybody ever, I watch so much stuff, on, 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 I watch the random stuff too. I watch Navy SEAL training. Anybody watch Navy SEAL training? Hey, that's my sister right there. The stuff that they put them through. Why? Because they have to be tested in order to do the things that God has called them to do. They can't be comfortable like a civilian. God has stuff for all of us to do. He doesn't want us to fall apart when things get hard. We fall apart when people talk about us. Oh, Lord, they're talking about me again. I can't take it. Don't nobody like me. You don't like you. They talked about Jesus. Man, them dudes going behind enemy lines and doing, like, they, like, like three Navy SEALs can, can take a whole village. Like, you know, like just, just, but they were trained so that they can be steadfast and focused on the goal. We still run around here like we civilians. Like we're in the world and of the world. God said you're in the world, but you're not of this world. He says a soldier can't be concerned with civilian affairs. Why? Because you're a soldier. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare, too. We got to learn how to fight, church. We can't fall apart every single time something go wrong. Did you know this is a part of life? Life goes wrong. All right, I'm over my time. Let me get one more. One more. I got to make sure we get this, y'all. Prayer. And we're going to continue with prayer next week in solitude. But you have to read the word through prayer. God, help me to understand what is in this text. Because I have this ability to read stuff I want to read into it. God, I need you to speak from what you want to be heard in this text. And if you don't know how to do that, get with somebody. Listen, I tell you, we throw the email up on all the things. Elders at Northeast Community Church, if you did, man, I've just been trying to read the word. I don't understand. Listen, listen, make us earn our money. <laughs> Dean's like, I don't get paid. <laughs> just annoy Dean. 
right? Like you have resources. We have small groups that are meeting. Connect with a small group with more. If you're 55 and up, 50. 50 and older. This is an awesome small group right here, 50 and older. So y'all young folk, y'all just got to get in where you fit in. I'm just going. <laughs> but seasoned believers, talk to some of the people in the small group. Hey, hey, I'm not a part of your group, but hey, can you show me how? Like that's what the body's for. We got Google. Like, there's no excuse. Blueletterbible.com, BibleStudy.com, BibleStudyTools.net, StudyLight. Like, there's so much you can go, and you can, and and they don't got it to the point now you can click on a word and tell you what it meant in the Greek, and then you click down there and go down there and give you some more definitions. We without excuse. All Big Mama had was a Bible and a Strong's Concordance. That thing was about that big. Like you're at the Library of Congress trying to find out. Was it 1795 or 17? Oh, Lord. Come on, church. Come on, worship team. Listen, the Word of God has to be our guide. I don't know if I put it plain enough today or beat the dead horse long enough. But this is foundational. We can't do what God wants us to do unless we have a steady intake of his word. Listen, I'm not talking to you from a high tower either. Because one of the things, one of my challenges, I have to fight for my own personal study time because I'm always studying to write a sermon. It's a challenge. Because I'm in there trying to get something for me and I'm like, oh man, this will be good. God says, it's for you. It's for you. So I'm not oblivious to having to make time for the Word. I've not always been a pastor. I worked in IT, long hours, long nights, long commutes, work from home. That's even more challenging sometimes. But we have to make the Word essential to our life. It's the living Word of God. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing soul and spirit. I don't know how you divide soul and spirit, but it does it. It teaches us to discern what God is saying for our lives, for the world. And not only that, here's the thing. We don't read that we can get more information. We read that we can be transformed and become like Christ. That's pivotal to our walk. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.